Let me tell you why you're here. What can I do for you? Well, I'm looking for a white dress. So, um, white dress. This movement is growing. We have an army of digital soldiers. That story will continue to be told here. We have what we call citizen journalists. Welcome, fellow truthers, to another episode of White Rabbit. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison for your mind. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy, because Kansas is going bye-bye. You're fucking crazy, bro. White Rabbit. Welcome back, fellow truthers, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. Along with me, we have the wonderful and... Very sexy, Jason Kahn. Welcome back, brother. How was your hiatus? Hey. So you you took some time <laughs> off to watch your Seahawks lose, and uh, I think I jinxed your team. Sorry about that. You jinxed your own team. You've seen what happened to your team on that same day, right? Yeah, I'm glad well, you guys I, are enjoying Jamal Adams. I uh, divorced I know, right? the, I divorced uh, the NFL. That's what we got going so for us. I, I'm no longer wearing the ring. You're a hater. I I am hating. I'm not doing this counter counterculture bullshit. So, dude, cancel cancel culture bullshit. I get where the whole thing comes hang from. On, of like, let me introduce everybody. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> All right. We also have with us our lovely co-host Red Pill Daily from Down Under. How you doing, Joanne? I'm great. Thanks, guys. Good to be back. Hey there. Missed you. <laughs> so. This next guest I, I needs no introduction because you're going to see his name on the thing and you're going to be like, oh, shit, James from We the People? I got to listen to this one. Uh, this is his third time back on White Rabbit, and uh, he kills it every time he comes on. And, I mean, he kills it everything he does. James, thank you for blessing White Rabbit. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad this is the first time I have the full squad, though. So I'm I'm super pumped to be here and and chat with your new co-hosts, dude. What's yeah. going on, everybody? Not much. Glad to be back. And uh, you know, this is this is a show to to be back on. What do you mean, not much? There is so much going on. Oh, yeah, there's fucking so many happenings. Oh, there is so many happenings. Uh, before we get into the happenings here in the United States. Um, Joanne is going to be going to a rally today. Is it in Perth? It's in Perth City, yeah. So this is the Australian Freedom Rally. So this we often have the Worldwide Freedom Rally, which is where you see people protesting all over the world. But I'm pretty sure they're they're protesting every every day in some places now, anyway. So nice. This is the Australia Wide Freedom Rally. That's and that's you're going to awesome. be you're going to be interviewing people. Yes. Yeah. So I actually had a little bit of a um, practice run last Saturday. I went to an event. Uh, some professors were there talking about uh, the vaccine mandates. We had professors of law and uh, professors of chemistry talking to us. And there was a fairly decent turnout there as well. So we've had events pretty much every weekend uh, here in Australia. So currently in Perth, uh, we're in the situation where we're not actually in a lockdown. So we're not, we don't expect to have any trouble from the police, but we do um, there will be instigators there. So these guys actually showed up to uh, another one that I went to a few weeks ago. So this was a rally outside the the Department of Health uh, headquarters and these self-proclaimed anti-fascist, pro-vax, pro-union people turned up 
and basically chanted, don't be a scab, get the jab, don't be a scab, get the jab, over and over and over and over. <laughs> <for> like, <laughs> for like half an hour, they posed for the media. The me- there was about 20 of them. There was about 300 of us, mostly healthcare workers. Of course, the media made it look like there was heaps of these pro-jab people and like two, two people there protesting against it. Of course, so that's, that's the reason we decided stand. to get out there. Like you guys have probably seen a lot of the people down in Victoria going out to these rallies and live streaming it. The reason we want to do this is to be able to counter counteract the the fake news. We are the news now. I mean, we are the news I mean, now. That, it needs to be done. It's I, I pray yep. for you guys down in Australia because we have a ton of Australian listeners on our show as well. And oh man, I see all the videos and everything that's going on, and it's it's scary. But I truly think Australia it, it is. Test- yeah. It's a test run for the rest of the world. That's what they want to bring. Without a doubt. And the thing is, people are really starting to wake up en masse. Um, But I think the people who are waking up now, they're terrified. They're like, oh, my God, like, what have we done? Like, how have we got to this situation? So they're scared. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, you know, getting hit like a Mack truck with all this information, like coming to realization, like, oh, shit. This, yeah, they, these like people, were, they were, they were right the whole time. Like, holy shit, we are fucked. Sadly so. Sadly you know? so. I'd get no pleasure from being right about all this, but. And what pisses me off is people here in the United States won't even like realize what's going on out there in Australia. Like I, I talked about it in another episode. Like I was trying to show my boss things that are going on in Australia. And she's like, I don't believe that they can fake those videos. And I'm like, she's, she's like, if this is really happening, then I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch the news and see what's happening. I was like, well, there, that's where you're going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The news is never reported. The, the, the Australian news probably doesn't even report it. It's wild how no. they manipulate the stories and cover yeah. things up. It's not always the lies that they tell us is the things that they don't tell us. That's the exactly. The yes. Real, that's so true. The real we have had media. the media. We've had the media show up to a few of these rallies recently uh, at one of them. Basically everyone surrounded the channel seven news crew and everyone was just chanting fake news, fake news. Or, no, it was tell the truth, tell the truth. Nice. Uh, It'll never and happen. And they did cover it a little bit. Nope. No, it's never going to happen. Never. It's a sinking ship. It's terrible. Yeah. You know, look, so look, what's up? Dude? Oh, go ahead, brother. No, I was, I was going to change the subject. So go ahead and, and finish what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say that the media, that everybody's catching on across the world that the fake news, the news is fake. And I, when, I, when we first started our show, I forget who it was. Some woman from China reached out to me and was like, you know, I grew up in China my entire life and everybody in China doesn't watch the news because they already understand that it's just nothing but propaganda being fed down their throats. Whereas here in America, people just eat that shit up like, oh, my God, yeah. I, need, I need the news. The news tells me what's going on rather than realizing it's nothing but bullshit. Yeah. And most people don't know that Obama had passed that um, law that allows the they media were, to propagandize. So they, they were propagandizing before that anyway. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so George Sor- Soros has him by the balls. Eye flaps. Um, <laughs> So somebody that we thought was on our team recently down in Georgia decided uh, there was no standing and no reason to have a forensic audit in Georgia. So how do we get around this, James? Uh, what I know you have an opinion on this, and I'd love to hear it. I mean, here's the thing. I, mean, I We got some more information from Arizona today. Um, I, I said from the beginning that 
the Arizona audits are not going to like give us what we want. It's going to just be the first domino to topple over. We're not going to get the decertification right away. It's going to take multiple states. And Georgia may not be that first state. It, it may not be Georgia, even though there's plenty of evidence. You have Lady Ruby carrying this, the briefcases. It may not be Georgia. It may be Wisconsin. It may be Pennsylvania. It may be Michigan. There's plenty of other states that are going to do audits going forward. There's enough evidence. There's enough reason for these states to do it. Is it happening on our timeline that we wanted to? No. But again, the wheels of justice turn very slowly and we're fighting uh, an insanely corrupt deep web of people that like lady ruby look at her she was just counting ballots and she's clearly on the take working for so can i just ask who's this who's the who's the person you thought you was on your side and they decided not to have the audit uh it was a judge i had a clip um his his name is escaping me he was the judge who was actually allowing them to um get all the evidence gather all the evidence he drew it out for six months um only to tell us sorry there's no standing and uh we thought he was on our side and so just like q said there's going to be players in this game that you think are on our side and they're really not and there's players that we think are against us and they're really on our side so i think now when everything is starting to come to a head. Cause I feel like we're at a finish line right now. Like we can see the finish line in sight and we got, we got us over here racing towards the finish line. And then we got the other people who are frantically trying to get to the finish line before we do. And they're starting to put out, you know, their fake, their fake stories right now to try to preempt what is going to come out against them because there's a lot of stuff about to come against them. And I don't know if any three of you have looked into the a whole devolution. Um, yeah, uh, I've looked into devolution and, and Patel Patriots whole breakdown of it. It's been awesome. But I, I, I don't understand it. I've tried to uh, go and listen to podcasts to understand what devolution is, but they don't actually explain it. So I it's, don't have any idea what it is. Multi-step process. And it is very detailed and way over my head to explain, but it's essentially, right. it's essentially uh, a couple, a couple executive orders were signed to allow the, 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 the military to take over when there's a constitutional crisis and we're coming up on a constitutional crisis, whether it's through the border, through the election rigging, through uh you know the pedophilia that's that's about to come out the germ report that's about to come out there's so many different ways that this story can break down and that's why i think arizona is just another way to wake up the american public i don't think it's going to be the thing that the that's going to drop the hammer i think it's just going to further show the americas look at how many people woke up from this whole audit situation how many people are seeing this and they're like yo they really did rig this shit like what's the point of yeah. voting like so many people see this and we always say we have it all. Patriots are in control. These are the things that we've said for a very long time. And uh, in reality, we have to allow the, the, the public to wake up because we, we are the ones that need to bring this to an end. We are the ones who need to be awake and allow this to happen. Because imagine the military just came in and just started rolling heads and started arresting people. If half the country wasn't awake, they'd lose their mm -hmm. shit. Like they, bro, it yeah. would have been a straight civil war. We, it civil war. Been, it would have been citizens killing citizens. It would have been insane. So many people don't study the art of war um, by Sun Tzu and the 
ultimate goal of the art of war is to have no physical conflict, no actual combat. Like that's the whole entire goal. If you're really a master at the art of war, there is no physical compact contact uh, conflict. And I, I truly think that was the whole goal of this plan in the first place. Cause if, um, if it wasn't, they would have just got the ball rolling right off the bat and started arresting people and got the civil war started and got it over with. I mean, people, people are losing their lives from, from the jab, from all the other social engineer programs that are going on, but it, it pales in comparison to what the death toll that would happen if Americans were fighting Americans and we were in a full blown civil war, it would be a disaster. You know, think about all your friends and family that, you know, that think you're crazy and think you're nuts and just want to comply and want to, go along with the story you're fighting against them it's gonna it's gonna tear families apart it's gonna tear friendships apart people are gonna die it'd be terrible um, definitely so I, I I truly think it's we have to wake up the people and we're seeing it happen like look at everybody that's going to the, the sporting events that are going to the games the, the stadiums are packed packed to the gills and look look at uh, the parents that are showing up at the school board meetings and the town council meetings, they're everywhere speaking out. Never uh, now, now look in Australia, people are protesting. Finally, mm -hmm. every single time, every single opportunity they can, there's protests here in America. People are standing up. Look at Southwest airlines, look at the ferries in, in Washington, look at the, 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 the air control in Jacksonville. They're saying no to the agenda. And the, these are the industries that are going to crumble this this entire idea that this globalist agenda that they have because if there's no pilots they can't fly what's going to happen when they do it to the gas workers to the electric workers a lot to of them the are going to yeah the truckers they're not going to comply they're going to say nah you know <laughs> deliver your own shit take care of your own electricity your own gas we're not going to ma maintain it anymore like i'm not doing this and it's it's really great to see and it wouldn't have happened if American public, the, pe the people didn't see all of the corruption, all of the lies. Look at Dr. Fauci's documentary. It's got like 115,000 dislikes. Nobody trusts this guy anymore. Has if, anyone actually watched it? Have you guys watched that documentary? No, I have no, no, I don't. Why? <laughs> oh, I was Zero just wondering, just, like, if anyone. If yeah, I want to no. watch a good fantasy, I'll, I'll, I'll watch something else. <laughs> so, I, I, so, I need to pause right now. Uh, yeah, for go a for it, brother. Re rewind. Um, Forensic circle audit. It back. What, what, yeah, circle it back. Circle it back. Forensic audit. What is that? Okay, so um, Jason yeah. is our normie. So I don't ah, know resident normie, welcome. Yes, yes, uh, sir. So a forensic a forensic audit is much different than a recount. So uh, a recount, you just recount the ballots that there are, and uh, you go you go forward, and that's it. It's a recount. A forensic audit is actually you look in to what you're counting. So say, for example, you have $10, right? Um, and three of those dollars are, or seven of those dollars are counterfeit dollars. They're not real dollars. Is it the whole right? dead, the dead voting thing? Well, so that's a part not, of it, but let, it's let, a part let, of let it. James, let James finish his Sorry. analogy and it, you'll get it. it. So, so say um, I give you the, I owe you $10 and I give you that $10, but seven of those $10 are counterfeit. And you're like, Hey, um, this is not $10. It's only three. I'm like, nah, count it again. It's, it's $10. It's all there. You're like, yeah, there's, there's 10 bills here, but seven of them aren't real bills. They're fake. So now take that analogy and, and take it to the ballots. So now you have all of these votes. There's hundreds. Of, so let's just say there's a hundred thousand votes 
out of those 100,000 votes that you count, you recount them over and over again, there's always going to be 100,000. But out of those 100,000, 70,000 of those votes are fake, whether it's duplicate signatures, dead people voting, no signatures, uh, just uh, they used machines and, and, and had machines uh, circle things out. Um, there's so many different ways that they made these fake ballots. So when you actually count the ballots out of the 100,000 ballots, 70 of those thousand ballots aren't real ballots. They shouldn't count, even though you, you when you when you stack them up and actually count the physical ballots, it says 100,000. But in reality, 70 of them aren't real. Um, and that's what we found out in the forensic audit. And this is the media tried to spin. The media was trying to tell the world, oh, look, they recounted the ballots and, you know, there's the same amount of ballots. Fine. Yeah, everything's Got fine. It. It's the same, same amount of ballots that we were <laughs> supposed to have. They did. They failed to mention that literally 70,000 of them were duplicate signatures. Yeah. Um, you know, then then they had a bunch of dead people. They had a bunch of blank blank, blank signatures. Um, Dr. Shiva did a great presentation. Um, you know, he's yeah, the guy. Symposium. Yeah, he's the guy who created email. He's a he's got a doctorate from MIT. He's extremely, extremely intelligent. He's not just some some nobody who's going to look at this stuff and be like, Hey, uh, this is, you know, this is what's going on. He's extremely intelligent and very thorough and detailed in his investigation and had a great, great, uh, um, presentation in front of the Senate hearing. Um, so now that Arizona had their forensic audit, other States are going to follow suit. It's going to happen. There's more than enough evidence. And, um, with Arizona, we clearly see that there's hundreds of thousands of ballots in just Maricopa County that are fake and fraudulent in a, in a state that Donald Trump only lost by less than 11,000 votes. Um, so that's just one county in Arizona. Granted, it's the largest county. It's got uh, it, can, it counts for two point two two thirds of the votes in Arizona. And it's also been a red county. It's been Republican since 1948. And also the day before the election, there was a 96 mile long car parade uh, for Donald Trump. Um, and it, <laughs> they're 96 to t- miles, bro. Yeah, Can you of course, imagine 96 miles of cars? Miles? That's so, so they're trying to tell us that this county went blue for the first time since 1948. And now we have all these fraudulent ballots. So it's going to go on to other states. And once um, other states show the same patterns and the same uh, things that they were doing in Arizona and other states, there's no long, no way the media can spin it. They can't say, oh, it was a glitch. It was just a one-off. It just happened in this county. There's clearly a pattern. There's clearly multiple places this is doing this, this is going on. And if Arizona were to decertify, it wouldn't be enough. It, we would need one or two more states, depending on how much electoral votes those states count for to decertify. Then it would go to either um, because of the fraudulent votes, it would go to the Republican candidate or it would go to an automatic revote, which I think that's the way it would end up going is to an automatic revote. Um, and I think the military is going to bring that in. I truly well, do. If it does go to a revote, though, <clears throat> let's just say this, that Joe Biden is not going to be a candidate no, no. because he obviously cheated. And that's going to raise red flags for everybody, whether you're Democrat, um, middle ground or on sure. on the right. It doesn't matter. You're going to say, hey, they, they clearly cheated. Everybody was in mm-hmm. on it. Look at all these people that were trying to cover it up. 
not only that, but we're having things exposed in other areas too. I mean, you have celebrities that the leftists look up to that are now starting to come out. I mean, I, uh, I can't, was it Carrie or, uh, the basketball player, the two basketball players, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. And then you have Russell Brand speaking out, Joe Rogan's dropping red pills left and right. Um, and Russell, and Russell Brand's been doing it for a minute for, for a little while now he's been dropping yeah. fucking bombs and he's really been killing it. Um, and I think this is the, like, I got to shout out, uh, Keck over here, Scorpion. Uh, cause he's the one who's been saying, Hey, listen, like things have to come from pop culture. It has to come from the celebrities. Um, people are so influenced by the celebrities. They literally, they idolize these people and they do and say everything that they do and say. So, um, if it were to come from the celebrities like Nicki Minaj, Kyrie Irving, um, you know, I was Russell just Brand, girl, Joe I was Rogan. just talking to my girlfriend about that. Saying the same if it comes from them, people. yeah, the people that are fast asleep are going to see that and they're going to listen because they do and say everything that these celebrities do. They influence, they have such an influence over them and the oh, cabal, yeah. they understand this, but so do the Patriots. The Patriots understand this as well. And that's, a, that's definitely a way to wake up the masses, to have the people that they look up to start questioning the narrative that they're being fed. Because Absolutely. if they don't start questioning it, the celebrities, the people, they're never going to. Joe Rogan has more listeners on his show than all of the mainstream media outlets combined. Like, think of yeah. how many people of all walks of life, all sides of the spectrum, listen to Joe Rogan. Okay. Speaking, speaking of Joe Rogan, he just had um, the guy from CNN who was putting out a book, and I don't know why. Sanjay Gupta. Why do you think he even agreed to come on Joe Rogan after Joe Rogan says, should I sue CNN? I think they were trying to save face, dude. That's probably why. (laughs) Yeah, they were trying. They they thought that their doctor could outsmart Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan was prepared. He's like, oh, he grilled him. He grilled (laughs) him. He would not let him. He would not let him sway from the subject. He tried to. Asked him a question and he he tried he tried to politician his way out of it. And Joe Rogan's like, no, answer the question. Are you okay? Is this Joe Rogan's recent episode? Is yeah. this a fairly uh, recent yes. one? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Joe, Joe Rogan has such a hold over people. See, I've got people that I've been sharing this information with since the beginning. And I literally said to someone, they didn't want to take what I was saying seriously. And I said, but I bet if Joe Rogan was saying it, you'd listen, wouldn't you? And surely enough, Joe Rogan starts sharing this type of information. And now this person's like sharing it because Joe Rogan's talking about it. It's like, uh, well, you know, that's how you've got people who, where people get the information matters. Well, mm-hmm. I think Joe Rogan getting Corona was one of the best things that could have happened for our movement at this point in time right now, because China. like James, James was saying that China virus, like James was saying, China. man, more people listen to, look up to, and watch and pay attention to Joe Rogan than they do these mainstream media outlets. How many people yeah. do you think he's red pilled in the past month and a half, two months? I mean, and and James, you went to one of his uh, comedy. Uh, oh, it was awesome! It and, was actually Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle, two people that are like have you seen in the that spotlight special? Right now. No, Dude, I haven't that, seen the I'm special sorry. yet. I'm sorry. You had you had a guest on um, your last episode. Also, we had the same guest on the last episode, and he yeah, was Matt saying, Baker is the man. He is the man. He is the man. He was saying how he was laughing his ass off. I had to turn it off because it was straight garbage. It was LGBTQ shit. It was it was just uh, well, it was disgusting to me. 
I'll be real with you. So I, I saw him and Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle at uh, MGM in Vegas before one of the fights. And uh, I kind of expected Dave Chappelle to not be as good, even though he was always one of my favorite comedians, like killing him softly. Dave Chappelle is like one of the all time favorite comedy one of my specials. Top, top five specials. It's amazing. Um, but I expected him not to be funny, but I also expected Joe Rogan not to be funny. I was like, you know, Joe Rogan's got a few funny jokes and his standups are okay. His, his specials are okay, but he's never really like, man, I love Joe Rogan's standup, you know? And I'll tell you, Joe Rogan blew my doors off. He was hilarious. He was hysterical and he was dropping red pills about the, the, the jab and, and about the masks the whole entire time, calling mask wearers idiots the whole entire time. I was dying. Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. just did nothing but LGBTQ jokes. Some of it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of knew it was going to be trash. Um, and that's what I expected. And I, you know, I, I, I don't really think it's the same Dave Chappelle. Uh, that's, that's my belief. I think it's a different uh, Dave Chappelle. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> Even I mean, my girl, we were sitting there next to each other and my girl, she, she always like questions everything that I talk about. Cause you know, uh, I've been talking about this stuff since we started dating and you know, um, no major arrests have happened. And she's like, yeah, nothing really crazy is happening. And she doesn't really pay attention to the details. Like I pay attention to the details, but she's sitting right next to me watching this comedy show. She goes, does Dave Chappelle look different to you? Like, does that look like the same Dave Chappelle? I'm like, nope, it's probably a clone. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it was just funny to me. People age, people get older and they change. Like, I'm not saying cloning don't exist, but people change over time when from especially from when you're 32 to 52 but big difference here's the thing my man he's huge yeah well he's fucking massive now he's got a way bigger head uh but my man was speaking out heavily about the hollywood industry and what they were doing to black males in hollywood and how they were trying to emasculate black men across the country and he wanted nothing to do with it he was very outspoken about it and he was calling them out and then all the right after he Chappelle show blew up and he was about to get his biggest contract he was like nah i'm gonna turn this down and just literally fell off the face of the earth went out to africa and disappeared and all of a sudden he finally shows back up and what's he doing he's towing the line for the most part uh, with the agenda that the deep state wants, the only this is the first time the first thing that he won't get behind is the LGBT uh, Q movement. Um, and Jason, you might not have to believe in clones, but you have to know I that totally. there, th- there's duplicates, right? I mean, there's lookalikes, so there's even they definitely of, have body doubles. Exactly, I, I sort of lean so, more towards the body doubles than clones, but who knows? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't totally disbelieve. In, in any of it. You well, know, we know that Hillary interested. Clinton. You know, I, I, I believe it's totally possible. We know Just, Hillary Clinton has body doubles. I, uh, we've interviewed a few people that were in Hollywood that were just trying to break it in. And they were talking about Denzel Washington, how they met his body double and were hanging out with him. They were all like, Have you seen so- that movie? I'm pretty sure it's called The Devil's Double. And it's about Saddam Hussein's uh, body double. Have you guys seen that movie? No, no, I haven't. But, oh wow, you have to watch that movie. So, like, it's a true story. This guy, they went and pe- they went to a village and picked a guy who looked like uh, Saddam Hussein. They took him away. Basically, threatened that if he didn't do it, they would kill his family. Gave him a little bit of pr- plastic surgery, and he literally looks a spitting looked a spitting image. No, sorry, 
it's not Saddam Hussein, it was Saddam Hussein's son. So they would send him out to do the talks, um, you know, to all the military and stuff like that because they didn't want to send the real guy out. It's a true story. Uh, oh, it's I a really good movie, I, actually. I heard, I heard, I heard something about that. About yeah, I, it's a definitely a, a movie worth well, watching. If you, Joanne, you that, got the Mike Pence thing going on over there with that fly, huh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hot. Like we've had a cold, cold, wet winter, but yesterday is like the first inkling of summer. Summer's on the way. So that's so crazy. Summer's on the way. Winter's on the way here. It's so wild. Jason, yeah. there's Jason. There's pictures. <laughs> Jason, there is pictures of Hillary Clinton and her body double standing right next to each other. So, and if you've seen the pictures of her and uh, Bill Clinton, um, who is now in uh, ICU? Yeah, this is this is an interesting story coming out, isn't it? Yes. Hmm. And if you see, and if you hmm. see the pictures of Hillary Clinton that were taken of her and Bill on the beach, what was it like? Maybe two weeks ago, and then you see the pictures of Hillary Clinton in the hospital is not the same person. There's no way she lost all that weight and got um 10 years younger and two Who is she standing with? <laughs> oh, wasn't it her body double? <laughs> or I mean <laughs> Huma Aberdeen. Oh, Huma yeah, oh. And that's another thing. <laughs> One of the first sightings of Huma in a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And who, <clears throat> is that her is that her body double? No, no, no. no. Who's Huma, that? Huma is her right-hand right-hand lady. Um, oh. If Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, she would have been her chief of staff. Okay. She's been with her for like 20, 30 years. They've been working together. She's and also... Who was her husband? Um, Anthony Weiner. The creepy pedophile guy. Pedophile Anthony, guy. Yeah. Anthony Weiner was her husband. And um, uh, that's why the Weiner laptop is so important because um, according to the NYPD and um, a few others, like Eric Prince, um, there was an insurance file on the Wiener laptop um, in case Hillary Clinton wanted to roll on Huma and Anthony Wiener. Um, and according, yep. to the NY, according to the NYPD, uh, vetted officers, the vetted officers had seen it, because you have to think these are all SVU officers, the Special Victims Unit. And they were the, so they've seen a lot of crazy shit. Higher rank. Yeah, I've, that I've seen enough, enough law and order. Um, they were vomiting and uh, throwing up and had to seek psychiatric help after seeing what was on this laptop. And, um, and a um, the- didn't a couple of them die. mysteriously die? Yeah. 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 One of one of them who was just about to reach his um, retirement and pension. So he was going to be yeah, able to a- take care of his family. And you lose all that if you commit suicide. He ended up um, committing suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head twice, I believe. No, it was just it was it was a suicide by one by one by shoot by shooting. He shot himself, um, but he was literally the next day he was going to retire, which makes no sense. Like, hmm. if he's right. going to retire, if you want, why shoot yourself and leave your family with nothing? Re- why not retire and then shoot yourself? Like, if he if he was like off the job because he was a chief, if he was off the job for like a couple months and you know felt like worthless and. I have no purpose anymore. You know, some people go through that after they retire. They have a hard time because they're not used to not working. That would have been a more believable story. That would have been like, ah, oh, you know what? That's kind of I can understand that. You know, he he felt like he had nothing left to live for. You hear that story all the time. But this guy shot himself the day before he was supposed to retire. It doesn't make any sense. 
No sense whatsoever. We did and a whole episode. I was exaggerating with the two shots to the back of the head, but it's just, I mean, how much, how much more blatant can you, can you get? And, um, going back to the judge in Georgia, I believe his daughter's boyfriend mysteriously died in a car accident. And I think that was a signal. Um, you better stop it? all this shit, right? That or, was a while. That was a while back. When so, that, but that, don't you think that might have had a sway on him? Like, hey, when when they come to you, sure you better did. rule this out. I'm sure it did. I and mean, the whole purpose is we have to show the American public how corrupt everything is. Everybody sees how corrupt this is. Like one of the things that I get most comments of is like, oh, you know, they're going to get away with it. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's ever going to happen. Meanwhile, so much is happening. It's just not what they want to happen happening. Um, but that's the comment that I, I, I see most of the time. And we have to get to the point where when the military does step in and take control because it's a constitutional crisis, that the people aren't like, holy shit, like this is bad. They have to be like, fucking finally, like somebody's doing something finally, like this is ridiculous. Like how long can this go on? And it's it, like, this is why I truly believe everything that's happening right now is it's all on purpose. It's, it's too ridiculous. Like the, the, the boats out in, out in the ocean, they're literally manufacturing a shortage, the inflation of uh, cost of literally everything, the border, you have the Durham report, you have the audit, you have all of this going Ghislaine Maxwell stuff coming out, all of this stuff literally happening at once. Like all right now, Bill Clinton's in the hospital today of sepsis, which is like a serious disease. Like it's not something that's like this guy's probably going to die. He's in his 70s. Okay, if he hasn't died already, this could be the cover story. But like all this is literally happening right now. The American public sees this. The American public using the analogy that we all see the finish line and it's a race to the finish line right now. Well, yeah, I I really hope it it is the finish line. It could be longer. It could it could be shorter than I think. I you know I I couldn't tell you. All I'm all I'm saying is these are the things that are happening right now. These are all irrefutable facts. These are all things that are 100% happening. Why are they happening all right now? And why is the why is it so in your face? The American public sees it everywhere they go. It's that they, they, you can't avoid it how bad it is like that you see the liberals trying to defend Joe Biden and this administration. They can't even the liberals are like, yo, this is bad. Like this is, this is really bad guys. They can't do it. People are waking up to the, to the military. Never going to wake up. Yeah. But they're seeing the military industrial complex with the Afghanistan situation. They're seeing how corrupt big pharma is. Look at all the people that are double jabbed. They're like, yo, I'm not behind the mandates. Yo, I'm not doing the booster like the first if the first two didn't work. Like there's so many people that are waking up because of those things. It's different for everybody. It's not the same. It's not like going to be one grand event that like wakes up the entire world that like people like, yeah, like this is really happening. Holy shit. It's going to be different for everybody. Some people, it's the border. Some people, it's uh, the inflation. Some people. The shortage. Some people, it's it was Instagram going down. Some people, it's Joe Biden's cognitive function. It's literally different for everybody. But once that switch goes on, there's no turning it off. Once you realize you've been lied to and everything that they told you is fake and fugazi, there's no going back. Like to me, if you lie to me, if you're my, if you someone I know and you lie to me like blatantly, I don't trust you anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. When people wake up, there's no going back. You don't hear of anyone who's woken up who's gone back to sleep. And you know what? One of the things uh, Patriot Insider says that I have had a firsthand experience about how true that is, is that when he says, 
you cannot tell the people, you have to show the people Mm -hmm. because the situation in Australia, it's a really interesting dynamic. Where we are in Western Australia, we have only had three two-week lockdowns this year. The borders are shut. So as soon as they get a couple of cases over east, the Premier here, Mark Smick Clown, shuts the border. So because people here feel like they haven't been affected, they they have this uh, almost sense of worship to the guy here because they feel like, oh, yeah, he's kept us safe. He's kept the economy going. He's kept us safe. But now what's happening, he's starting to slowly, despite the fact that there's literally no cases here, he's slowly starting to mandate the jabs for different sectors. Now he's gone for the mining sector, okay? So most of Western Australia's economy, most of Australia's economy depends on the mining sector. We send like 80%. China gets 80% of its iron ore from Western Australia. This is like the cash cow of Australia. So we have guys who basically fly up. They call it FIFO, fly in, fly out. They fly up to the mine sites up in, you know, right up the top of Australia in the desert. They spend like two weeks there, then they come back for a week. So they call it the fly in, fly out industry. He's just basically said that they have until the 1st of November to get the jab. Hmm. Now, these are guys who make a lot of money, most of these guys. And today, this is why we're expecting the rally today to be huge because the miners are coming. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's like they haven't been affected, but now they're getting affected. People are starting to turn on this guy down here. I see an economy uh, crashing here in the United States, and I think that the people that are still not quite awake that we have hope for waking up, if that does happen, and I really hope it doesn't, but if that does happen, that's going to wake the rest of them up, and I think that we might have a fighting chance at that point, but... I hope that people are prepared for that. There's going to be food food shortages. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think it's bad now that those cargo ships aren't coming in. What's going to happen when truckers say, fuck you, we're not going to deliver anything anymore? That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. The gas, the electric companies, they're not going to maintain the gas and, and electric lines. They're just going to stop. They're like, yo, we have to get it. Are you guys prepped? Huh? Yeah. Are, are you guys should. all prepped up? Not uh, as prepared as I'd like to be, but I'm definitely prepared. They're, they're not a sponsor, but uh, My Patriot Supply is awesome. And from what I understand, they still have stuff because people are trying to get some prep food that lasts for months. And um, I want to give give people some prepping tips, okay? So, like, a lot of people, they probably think, oh, my God, there's going to be food shortages soon. So what they'll do is they'll go out and they'll buy a whole trolley full of canned food, which is all going to go off at the same date. So what I've been doing, I've just been slowly stocking up. So if you go mm-hmm. every single week, you go and do your grocery shopping, you buy a few extra ones, and what I do is I actually keep them in plastic containers and I put the date on it. So I know that, okay, nothing's happened good. I'm going to start using that stuff so it doesn't go off, so it doesn't go to waste. Otherwise, you're going to have like a whole room full of stuff that all goes off at a certain date. You're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with all this food? I can't eat it, yeah. That's the best way you know, to that's prep, definitely That's definitely a smart way to do it. Mm. Slow, you know, and same thing with ammunition. You know, every every check that you get, buy, you know, a couple rounds of, of ammunition. <laughs> it's the same thing for you that's a different story um it's really unfortunate down in australia oh see this is a mis- a misconception that a lot of americans have is that australians don't have guns people have guns here you just need to have a license but it, and it's, it's there's difficult. like 30,000 people in western australia with guns but yeah it's a completely different situation so there's like so many laws like the police can come around and check your house you have to they have to know where the guns are kept in your house you have to have a certain type of safe like uh, two people in the same household, because they both have a gun license, they both have to have separate safes, and you're not supposed to let the other person know where your key is and stuff like this. It's crazy. That's but insane. 
It's like we don't have the right to use it to defend ourselves if someone breaks into our house, you know, so it's kind of like. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. So I why, do they, why do they let you have them? Is it just like for farmers, uh, like rural yeah, area? So, uh, I guess you guys probably know, like, I don't know if you know the story about the Port Arthur Massacre. So yep. this is what happened back in the 90s and this is what they used to take Australia's, well, you know, a lot of them away. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he was pretty awake. He's always been pretty awake. Um, I remember seeing on the news, remember watching this as a kid on the news, they were basically demolishing or destroying all these guns and my dad's like, that that's terrible. He's like, you know, the government's, they're a pack of bastards. Like he knew exactly what mm-hmm. it was all about. Um, so basically they sort of just put a, a restriction on the type of caliber people could use. A lot of people did hand the guns in, but most, a lot of people still didn't, especially in rural areas. Like you're supposed to be able to have it for sporting or for hunting. Uh, so basically, yeah, if you want to get one, any Aussies out there listening, you want to go and get yourself a gun license, you basically just go to a gun shop. They'll hook you up with someone who uh, has a property. So you get a property letter from someone because the reason people have it is to shoot vermin. So farmers can let you go onto their land but you need a letter from a farmer to say that you can go to their property. Yeah. That's crazy. So you're, but straight laws. You said 30,000, like. That's just in Western Australia. That's just in Western Australia. And we don't have a big population. It's about 2 million, but still it's not a lot. That is not a lot of people. Yeah. No. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of small towns in, in America that are 30, 30,000 yeah. people. Like, <laughs> 30,000 people is um, really in the grand scheme of things is not a lot of people, even though it is a much smaller population. That is not no, a lot definitely. Of but you know, there's a lot of a movement. A lot of Aussies are starting to wake up to this. People are starting to realize that Port, Port Arthur. I mean, people were definitely killed, but there were so many inconsistencies about it. There were different types of guns used. You could hear the different. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Regular story. And the guy who did it was like, you know, same old story. He was mentally, you know, challenged, never confessed. Same old, same old kettle of fish. Sneaky bad. Yeah. But people are starting to wake up to that. And we've got politicians, uh, you know, people trying to get into parliament who want to overturn this and allow Australia to have the right to defend themselves with guns again. So people are starting to realize how important that is now. No, it's the reason why it's the second amendment, but right behind the first, it backs up the first amendment because if you don't have the second amendment, the first amendment is meaningless. The first amendment's already halfway out the door. It's got a full foot out already. Like what's going on in our country with the censorship. It's, it's bananas. Um, You know, but it's going to come to a point where people are, fed up with it. I don't think it'll get to that point, but if it keeps going this way, people are really, are really getting pissed like all across the country. It's really wild to see. Um, and I really I hope something only, comes out of the, um, I think that's sorry. the only reason that they haven't just come in and gone full Australian on us here is because so many of us do have guns and we're going to be like, no, you, mm-hmm. you fuckers are not going to do this to us. Yeah. Come to my house. See what happens. Right. Cool. I love that meme that says, oh, they're, they're going to let us take their guns. Every time we say we're going to take their guns, they say, come and get them. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is true. I mean, it's 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 crazy. And everything is going to shit. Like, look at the NFL. Look what's going on with John Gruden. Like, that shit is insane. Like, it's heartbreaking just, to me. It's heartbreaking. I, I, it was heartbreaking to me the first Monday night opening game of the NFL this year because they mandated in order for you to go to a Raider game that you have to have the jab. And they even had tents 
out in the what? parking lot. So you're out there partying and everything, and you get so drunk. I got good news for like, you, though, dude. I got good I news know. for you. They're know, not checking. Ahead. They're not I checking. Know that, I know they're not. I heard it on Tinfoil Hat because Sam was all pissed off because he sold his tickets because he was like, damn it, now I can't even go see the Raiders. Yeah, but I want to go to that the night. That night, I, I want to go so bad, but I don't know. I just divorced the NFL after what they did to John Gruden. Why did they single him out? Out of all the people, why? They well, obviously had an agenda there, and they say that they were investigating somebody else. But so uh, the whole story, the whole story is, um, they were investigating the Washington Red, the, the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, because it's ridiculous. They're still not. The You'll Redskins. always be fat to me, Chris. It, no, so, they're always so, going to be. So the, the, it, that just goes to show the state that we're in currently in 2021 here, when the Washington Redskins are no longer a football team, it's the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> but they're investigating they the Kansas City Chiefs, though. I just like to throw that out there. Indians are changing next the, year. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Braves are probably shortly after that. It's going to be yeah. a disaster. Yeah. But uh, they were investigating the Washington Redskins uh, because Bruce Allen was apparently caught sending nude photos of the cheerleaders back and forth, and the cheerleaders were suing. So they were investigating them, and the email John Gruden's emails. John Gruden happened to email Bruce Allen, and that's how those emails got released. And you know he was he was saying some wild man stuff, but at the same time. Why, why really like Derek Carr even said, he's like, yo, why don't we release everybody's emails? Like if we're going to release John Gruden's, I'm sure there's so many people that are, that are, you know, throwing shit at, at John Gruden that have just as bad, if not worse emails in their that private the same people that aren't the same people in public. That's the whole yeah. point. That's the exactly. whole point of this thing is I get where yeah. they're coming from, but everybody should be fired then probably <laughs> well, that's just that counterculture bull counterculture bullshit because you think like when we had like the first uh woman nfl reporting and she goes into the uh locker room and she's like hey can you can you guys cover up and they're like no fuck you this is our world you're coming into our world right mm -hmm. and the way that i feel about it is is those emails were private those emails were private messages between two mm -hmm. people like me, Jason, me and you, we talk a lot of fucking shit. If anybody wanted to go look <laughs> at our text messages, we'd be put in a prison camp immediately. Well, you know what I'm saying? And like, I don't even think the stuff that they're reporting on is that bad. I, I don't know if you heard it, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. It's also hilarious in my opinion. Um, rubber but, lips, but yeah, he called the black eye rubber lips. But he also well, said that's because it's somebody who runs his mouth a lot, like the Michelin tires or something like that. I don't, so, I don't know. So he also called Joe Biden a pussy, which um, I agree. Facts, one hundred percent right. He, <laughs> he 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 called uh, um, uh, Roger Goodell an anti-football pussy, and he called him a faggot. And he also said that he was pissed off that uh, the NFL. Uh, made Jeff Fisher and the Rams draft a gay player and Michael Sam. Um, he was not happy about that. He was not happy about the women refs. Um, and he was very outspoken about all those things. So as soon as he resigned the NFL immediately, the first commercial that came up after his resignation was the NFL is gay commercial. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Like, why does it, what? Like, the, the the gay population the LGBT, it's like one percent of the entire population. It's such a small minority, and we're making like it's crazy. It's it's fucking crazy. And and in my opinion, he shouldn't have to resign because these emails were sent while he was not employed. They're private emails. 
But at the same time, in today's cancel culture, what do you expect? They're going to come for everybody. If private emails can get you fired from years prior, from 2011, I sure hope that you didn't send anything stupid on the Internet. Like, Oh, everybody in that, and not just that industry, any industry yeah. where eyes are on you, all those people have to be shaking because it's only a matter of time before dog eats dog. They're coming for you. They might not be coming for you right now. And you might be like, oh yeah, fuck John Gruden. That was fucked up. And you're like, God damn, I hope they don't see that shit that I was fucking saying. Randy Moss, <laughs> Randy Moss was crying on national television. Like, bro, like you never did anything wrong in your life. You never said something stupid. Like, come on. Dude, they interviewed a he bunch of the Raiders players. Over, over the over the resignment, over what John Gruden said, he was yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, over yeah. what John yeah, Gruden okay. said, yeah. and they yeah. conveniently conveniently went and immediately were asking every single black reporter, like, "Oh, what's your take on John Gruden?" and blah blah blah, and like, of course, they're going to all of them, right? And then um, you have um, uh, Josh Jacobs. They asked Josh Jacobs, like. How can you, can you believe this? And Josh Jacobs is like, no, I never got any racism vibe from him ever. Well, that's what they did. So Keyshawn Johnson, um, who was with him when he was his first stint uh, in the, with the Bucks in the NFL before he stepped down and went into broadcasting, he always praised John Gruden. He was always like, "Oh, John Gruden's my boy. Like, we're super close. I love John Gruden. He's such a good coach." so on and so forth. And now that this comes out, <laughs> Keith John Johnson's like, nah, I knew it the whole time. Like John Gruden's a scumbag. Like he's a fake. Yeah. He's, he's a fake. He, he, ain't, he yeah. ain't real. I see. Oh, people. I, I didn't, I didn't know Keyshawn did that. Thanks for telling me. Now I'm going to go put together a little montage video of him praising John Gruden. And then I'm going to put together a montage. You know. I was just going to say somebody needs to do that. Because yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's bullshit. I mean, he straight blasted him. I mean, he blasted him. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't go at him, but I mean, just I mean, what he said. Everybody knew he didn't. He yeah, he didn't. Yeah, everybody he didn't have to say a lot. He didn't everybody have to say knew. a lot. No, it's 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 really unfortunate. It's it's very difficult for me because I grew up. I, all I did in, in growing up was play sports. Like I could give two shits about school. All I wanted to do was play sports. I love sports, and it's something that me and my father bond over. We, you know, it's a huge connection that me and my father have because we're very different individuals, me and my father. And the way sports are right now, I can't even watch it. And it breaks my heart. Like, it's so difficult for me I'm to watch there. the NFL. I'm getting it's, there. Like, it's so woke. It's so, it's such. So we much. have the exact same stuff happening down here as well. Like the cricket team takes the knee. Yeah. You know, it's the same stuff all over the world. Exactly. It, cricket. It's wild. You guys have a professional cricket. As, uh, yeah, that's that's their sport out <laughs> there. Yeah, that's, that's what they do, bro. Rugby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's rugby, AFL, oh, and cricket well, is the, rug- main, the yeah, main I would thing. I would play rugby all day. Yeah. I would love to play some rugby. You seen those stadiums, bro? They're, they're wild. They're wow. like eighty thousand. You know what? 90, I have seen those there. stadiums recently. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was Tucker Carlson. Uh, I, I know Tucker Carlson did a huge show on what's going on, on in Australia. I don't know, Joanne, if you've seen that or not, but you need to go and watch that. Uh, I pro- might, might have seen some of it, but, but there's so much was- stuff going on. You know, like last year, I was very much in tune with everything going on in the States, as a lot of people are, because we realized that it does affect Australia. Like I said to people, just you watch if Joe Biden gets inaugurated, they're going to ramp up the tyranny down here. And it's exactly what happened. Literally a week later, we went into mm-hmm. a lockdown. So 
Absolutely. That's what happens. Yeah. They, they wait till they, they think. And the other power. thing is, so like I went to uh, this event last Saturday and they, so this is what's going on in Australia, right? They are trying to pass an amendment to our voting legislation to allow for bow, bow, dominion voting systems. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Please so explain. yeah, I was, I was, I was at this, <laughs> I was at this event, and um, they happened to mention it, and there was just this big like rabble, 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 like uproar in the in the audience when they mentioned that. Like people here know what that means, and it's just right. so uh, brazen that these so guys you know are actually you, you, trying you, to do that. Do you not know what the Dominion machines mean? No, Jason, okay. we've covered this like no. how many times? You need to quit um, smoking so much weed, brother. Dude. So the Dominion voting machines are the voting machines that we use here in the States. Um, they're owned by George Soros. Okay. never mind. You're good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We'll they shared, they shared floor made. space with George Soros in Canada, yeah. in Toronto. Um, yeah. It happens to be the same voting machines that used in Myanmar, which the military overthrew because they rigged the election using the Dominion servers. See, um, now that might be something we have not covered that since Jason has been on White Rabbit. So um, can you explain what's going on with Miramar, if you don't mind? So I don't know what was. I don't even know. We, we quit. Yeah, I don't know. My, my neighbor is actually from Myanmar. From Burma? It'll always yeah. be Burma to me. Um. Yeah, so she, 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 she I, talk, I spoke to her about it. I actually went and asked her, you know, what's going on over there? And even she was like, you know, just only knows the mainstream narrative of what's going on. Um, she has some kids over there still. Um, but I haven't spoken to her for a while. I must, you know, get an update from her perspective, I suppose. Yeah. Well, they, they're not going to mm. cover it over here. And and what you what we found was off from people over there because um, the mainstream media and all of the globalist leaders like Joe Biden, Angela Merkel, Trudeau, uh, uh, Macron, they're all against what happened in Myanmar. So Myanmar, also known as Burma, um, the military overthrew their government because the government rigged the election. They came in and they arrested all of the politicians. They were also using the Dominion servers that we used over here. And the general came on TV and was like, listen, you know, this is what's happening. This is why we did it. They rigged the election. We're, once we get everything straightened out, then we're going to have another election. And we're going to monitor it, make sure it's free and fair for the people of Myanmar. Well, the powers that be in Myanmar didn't really like this. So the media kept pumping propaganda to the people of Myanmar. So the people of Myanmar started rising up against the military uh, and trying to fight back. So what did the military do? They arrested all the media heads and all the journalists that were pumping propaganda and lying to the people. George Soros was funding riots and sending in provocateurs. What did, they do? what did they do? They called for George Soros' arrest. They seized all of his assets and his Open Society Foundation's assets inside of the country of Myanmar. Now, obviously, he's never going to go visit Myanmar and you know get arrested, but he is no longer welcome there, which means he can no longer fund these riots and protests. These are things that happened in Myanmar. These are all the things that we want to happen here in America because of all the corruption that is so blatantly obvious that we all see is happening in another country. And it just also so happens that Barack Obama, Barry Sortetto 
was the first United States president to visit Myanmar. Hillary and Slick Willie, Hill Dog and Slick Willie visited, but they visited while Barry was in office. They didn't visit while while Slick Willie was in office. So they went over there, but uh, while Barry's in office. Oh, just another coincidence. It's a major hub for human trafficking, a massive hub for human trafficking in Myanmar. Just, you know, all these things happening (laughs) just coincidentally. And these are all the things that we want to happen here. They're happening in Southeast Asia. And um, it's uh, something that I think is eventually going to come here. But in Myanmar, they have a very, like a 4 million, 4.5 million people that live in Myanmar and the whole country. We have 360 million plus. If those people are, or no, they have 56 million. I apologize. But they have 56 million compared to our 360 million. If 56 start revolting and rioting and causing damage, what do you think it's going to happen when even if half the country in America starts rioting and going nuts? It's going to be a disaster. So they can't just do what they did in Myanmar without the American public understanding why. And that's what we're seeing unfold right in front of our eyes right now. The American so public is like, like, yo, finally. I feel like that's why the arrest didn't happen during inauguration like we were all expecting them to, is maybe they knew something we didn't, and they knew that something was going to come in Burma, and they were or Myanmar, uh, and, um, and they kind of wanted to see how that was going to play out. I feel like Trump knew that if we were if we were going to if he was just going to come out with all the evidence that they have that Durham has and the, and all of the stuff and say hey I'm not coming out of the office that would have caused a civil war like I've said before but we didn't have the the people's support at that point in time there was very very few of us I, I mean even a lot of the MAGA movement wouldn't have understood what was going no. on. There's, yeah, it took them forever to understand that the election was rigged. And still, I still don't, don't understand. But I think people don't understand the importance of the optics of January 6th, at least from our end, because, um, you know, we all thought something was going to happen on January, uh, not January 6th, the, the uh, inauguration, I meant, not January 6th. The, the optics of that, though, shows to me that the enemy has no idea what the next move is and when the hammer is going to drop. They know something's going to happen. They just don't know when, because if, if they were truly in control, they wouldn't have needed to put up all the fencing and national guard. If they were truly in control and in power, they would have just went out and started carrying out what they wanted to carry out without putting that up. Like we know that January 6th was staged by them. There's more than enough evidence to show this with Johnson, Jonathan Sullivan and uh, all the video footage coming out of these people literally walking with their, their camera phones. And the only people that were causing damage were the BLM and Antifa folk. So if they were truly in control, they wouldn't need to put up the fencing. They literally thought Donald Trump was going to do something with the military. Like he, they literally thought something was going to happen. That's why they put up that fencing. That's why they kept it up for so long, because they expected Donald Trump to do something. And we all thought so, too. But the fog of war is so thick. And I think the fog of war is so important, because if sitting down, researching on the Internet, constantly keeping up with all the news, uh, going through government documents and and, and doing all the research that we do, if we knew when something was going to happen, so does the enemy. And if the enemy knew 
Imagine Donald Trump came in there with the military. What do you think would have happened? It would have been chaos. It would have been pure and utter chaos all over the streets. People would have been dying left and right, and it would have been went to a civil war. That's what would have happened. I mean, it, there's people on the left that that are pushing for that narrative that probably know way more than all of us know that that paying paying way more attention to us that we're watching the Q drops that we're deciphering the Q drops and trying to figure out how to do this because it's not like they have stupid people on the left they have smart people on the left with bad agendas no yeah uh, james uh, 100% like they're stupid but they're not stupid enough to not have people on the inside, which is why we see people infiltrating our things all the time. Speaking of infiltrating us, how is your boy doing? Um, is Did he get bail? Um, no, Jeremy Brown. No, so for those who don't know, um, Jeremy Brown is a Green Beret veteran sergeant in the Green Beret. Uh, true patriot, served overseas in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um and, you know, the Green Berets are some of the baddest dudes on the planet. It's like Rambo. Um, and he came home and tried running for Congress and tried getting involved because he saw where this country was going. And the FBI came and visited him at his home and wanted him to infiltrate the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers for January 6th. He wa- They wanted to use him as a, um, as a source, as a... Uh, What's it called? What's the word I'm looking for? Informant. Yeah, thank you. An informant. Because as soon as he walks into one of those groups, he immediately has cre- uh, credibility because he's a Green Beret because of, of his resume and what he's done. People are automatically going to listen to what he has to say because he knows what he's talking about. His whole job in, in the Green Beret was counterintelligence and counterinsurgency. Like that's what he did uh, in, in Afghanistan, in Iraq. Um, and what did Jeremy Brown do? He blew the whistle. He recorded these federal, these these Fed boys, and put it out on blast, and was like, "No, I'm not gonna infiltrate these groups. Why do you want me to do this?" And it was for January 6th. So for that for that event, we now know that a bunch of federal agents were involved in it. And uh, recently, so he went down to January 6th. He went to uh, to the Capitol, but he never stepped foot inside the Capitol building. He wasn't even close. To being inside the Capitol building. He was there peacefully protesting like millions of other Americans. They recently arrested Jeremy Brown at his house. They came to his house. They raided his house for over five hours looking for evidence. Then he got arrested on trespassing charges. Wait, evidence of what? I, uh, I, who knows? They were probably trying to find incriminating evidence so they can charge him with it. That's probably okay. what they were looking for. Something that they can keep him in jail for. Um, he was denied bail. He's on a trespassing charge. So on a he trespassing. was denied bail. Did he was on dead. a trespassing charge. So that means yes. that every American that went to January 6th was trespassing. Uh, apparently. Uh, but yeah, he, That's, he, got, I, it's a really disturbing story. This one, you know, and he 23 hours in one hour out, no contact from the outside. They're treating these people like, like garbage. And they're, they're, one of the things that Thomas Jefferson was very outspoken about is you have a right to a speedy trial. So they can't just hold you in prison for as long as they want. And like, oh, we're just waiting trial. Like you have a right to a speedy trial. And they're literally dragging their feet so they can keep these people imprisoned. And they're literally political prisoners. That's what we're seeing right now. Like this is what's going on. Like this is the same thing's a- happening in Australia. Like we've had so many journalists that have been arrested. They get what they do. 
they'll arrest them for, say, having gone to a protest um, six months ago. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen the video of the cops that show up in the middle of the night at this guy's house and say, so this is a Facebook post you shared of the protest six months ago. Did you take this picture? Were you there? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, what are you, why are you asking me? Like, am I being charged with something? And they're like, well, we can't really prove that you were there. So we just want to know <laughs> if you were there. And he's like, piss right. off. Like, I did see that, but didn't they, uh, I don't know if it's a law that they passed out there, but they can actually go in now and manipulate anything that you've said on social media and propagize, yeah. prop, propagandate it and make it seem like you're incriminating. They can incriminate you. So yeah, I, I mean, we don't know if it's, if, if it's happened because I suppose a lot of, I suppose that's why a lot of these people actually put videos out there, but it's, it's a pretty scary situation. So what they're doing is they're coming in and they're arresting these people and then they'll, they'll try to get them on the bail conditions. So what happens is they'll say, well, if you want bail, you can't post on social media anymore. Um, but they put a gag order. You know, yeah. So no one's actually, um, they're just saying no. I'm not going to take bail. And that's what happened with Monica Smith. So she was arrested and she spent almost a month in prison because she refused to sign. I don't know if they knew, know who Monica yeah, is. Yeah, so this girl, Monica Smith, you know, she's been very outspoken down in Victoria. Uh, she even started her own political party. She basically, like, you know, she's an independent journalist. And she was arrested uh, yeah. for some arbitrary reason and they they tried to get her on the bail charges because she has you know hundreds of thousands of followers on social media they they tried to say okay you can you can get bail tomorrow but you have to sign all this you have to delete your website delete everything that's on your website and you're not allowed to um oh so it wasn't even incitement right she they wanted her to sign a thing that she would not incite opposition to the government that's you know that's insane and she held her ground she mm-hmm. said no so she didn't do people. it she spent a month in prison so it you know gave a lot of people the courage and all these people that are getting <clears throat> pardon me that Sorry. are getting arrested they're saying no we're not doing it so it's they're, they're calling their bluff basically but that's I what mean, they're trying to do to silence it, people that's crazy they're not even giving people an option here they're literally just denying people yeah. bail they deny jeremy brown uh, and he's and they're probably trying. Maybe they're trying to do the same to him as well, like get him on get him on a certain bail conditions, which he's well, not he doesn't even have. Sign. He doesn't even have social media. He doesn't yeah. even have social media. He's just he's been a been on a bunch of, of shows, a bunch of podcasts, been on Infowars. Um, he's been very outspoken, but he doesn't have social media. I mean, uh, if you look at it from this perspective, in hoping that something good happens and these people are let out, this is going to most likely lead into some massive corruption investigation as to why these people have been held for so long. Hopefully. 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 But uh, Jeremy, Jeremy's got a, a very big defense. And uh, if anybody wants to help out, go to givesendgo.com slash Jeremy Brown defense. If anybody wants to, to donate or help out for his defense, because those lawyer fees are very, very expensive and he, do, he shouldn't even be charged with anything and yet he's sitting rotten in prison. Um, and if you can't donate, share the link uh, to everywhere, everyone that you can, because he deserves our help. He sacrificed his life to fight for our freedoms um, and blew the whistle on the feds trying to be corrupt and definitely deserves our help. He's a true patriot. Um, and any anything helps a dollar, 10 cents, whatever you can do. Absolutely. If you send me that link, then I'll post it. Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, so my question, I have two questions. Number one is 
why isn't Trump blowing the whistle on this? And why isn't Trump at his rally saying we need to get these prisoners of war out of jail that are wrongfully arrested? That's my first question. And then I'll piggyback off that after you answer. So you have to think about it, how the media reacts to anything Donald Trump says. Like the media is still trying to frame the January 6th narrative that he incited this. Meanwhile, the FBI cleared him of that, and it's proven that he didn't incite this. But yet the media is still pushing this narrative um, that Donald Trump is inciting riots and violence with people. So if Donald Trump were to come out and speak about these political prisoners and start blowing the whistle heavy, that's going to give the media more ammunition to spin the narrative that like, oh, Donald Trump is out here trying to get these criminals out of jail, like fighting for these these uh, insurrection insurrectionists and these people that are trying to overthrow the government. Like, who knows how they would they would they would frame it. But I can already see the headlines if if he started speaking out very heavily about it. Um, and he, it's very- he has made a statement, though. In yes. relation to it, hasn't yes. he? Yeah. Yes, he's made a few statements, but he doesn't really go into detail because he, he one he has no power to do anything. He can't just say, "Hey, uh, release these people." Like that's not something that he can just go and do. So by him making a massive statement, it just gives the the media ammunition. He's very. Ca- it may seem that he he just says whatever he wants and whatever comes off of his head. He's very calculated in what he says and the things that come out of his mouth. Um, I don't think a lot, I don't think any of it is is without deep thought or um, something that he thought out before he said. Kafefe. Yeah. <clears throat> There's so many other examples. So, and to piggyback off of that, he is starting to speak out about Ashley Babbitt, and there are people looking into this now. Um, he even made a statement um, about about it. Uh, he made a video for, uh, it was her birthday, I believe, very recently. And so he made a video for her husband, who is very real, because there's a lot of patriots in this movement who feel like maybe she was placed there and wasn't a real person. She's a very real person. We found that out from Matt Baker, who actually knows her husband. And um, I I feel like he's inching his way into that and to to say like what you were saying is he can't just come outright and say it just like all of the other things that he can't just outright come out and say, however, man, his last speech, he was going hard in the pain. It was almost like the gloves were off. He's been doing the past couple of rallies. He's been really going off. Um, and you know, I, I don't know what to feel about Ashley Babbitt because again, I, I've said it from the beginning. I was very, it was, it was a, very alarming to me that when Ashley Babbitt got killed and the congressmen and women were fearing for their lives and terrified and AOC was in like two blocks over in a totally different building. It was the most terrifying <laughs> thing she's ever experienced. When that was all going on, literally an hour later, they're back in Senate chambers voting on the, the commission. Right. Uh, which so it wasn't no that sense. scary. And not just that, a woman was murdered and there was no crime scene. There was no uh, yellow tape. It was just like, oh, back to business and completely forget it even happened. Like, So are you, are you on the side of maybe 
Maybe I don't know what placed, I don't know what was placed what, there for optics. I don't know what side to be on in this story. I just know there's a lot of holes in the story, and I have a lot of questions that need to be answered. And That's there's actors everywhere. There, there's actors everywhere, and uh, you know what makes a good movie is good actors. And I I still still right now withhold judgment on everybody at this point. Like there's very few people in this movie that I'm like, all right, he's a good guy. That guy's probably a piece of shit. Um, you know, it's very difficult because if we knew everybody, if I was able to pick who's a white hat, who's a black hat, just by looking at interactions, then what's the point of them being undercover regardless of what side they're on? True. And I mean, and you, you were saying, uh, before, before, um, yeah, before January 6th, you were saying on your show that you just have a bad feeling about Mike Pence. You think he's a piece of shit. He's on the other side. And now we have Patel Patriot coming out and saying that he's a white hat and he's putting out all these optics and he did everything by the books to make them hang themselves. So well, that, that's definitely a, a fair assessment. And, uh, you know, argue- go ahead. I'm sorry. It's something that when you think of Mike Pence, you're like, I oh, mean, that guy sucks. He could have ended this whole entire thing. But at the same time, the other side of the coin is, Okay, if he did that, then we wouldn't be seeing all of the audits, all of the other corruption. We wouldn't be seeing Afghanistan. We wouldn't be seeing it would literally be media just 24 seven pushing China virus. Donald Trump's doing this orange man, bad orange man, bad orange man, bad rather than the American public. I've been saying since 2004 that the elections are rigged. I've been saying since 2004 when John Kerry and George Bush, two skull and bonesmen ran against each other. Yep. Both part of the same secret society. Yep. And they ran against each other. I've been it's, calling it since 2004. Did anybody listen? No. James, world, you're crazy. No way they would rig the election. They've been rigging it since before 2004. And now the American public for the first time are actually seeing it. The world is seeing it. Everybody is seeing how corrupt these people are. And if Pence had done the thing that we wanted him to do, Nobody would be seeing this. Everybody would be still consumed with uh, the Emmys and uh, sports and all these things that are going on rather than yeah, rather than the important things that are happening because they wouldn't care. It wouldn't affect them. It would just be orange man, bad, orange man, bad. And that's the narrative. Like they wouldn't have been able to get Cuomo out. They would have been like, oh, Donald Trump's attacking uh, his political opponents because Cuomo doesn't want to listen to his China virus mandates or uh, they wouldn't have been able to 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 re-rig the election in, in California with Mussolini. Um, you know, we wouldn't see Afghanistan because Donald Trump would have handled it the way he already had a plan laid out. They would have been out on the deadline that they were supposed to be out May 1st. Um, you know, so I, I want to throw some more information out there that Patel Patriot is saying that in the end, uh, Mike Pence is actually a white hat. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and Jason white hat means a good guy. Um, I would be surprised because why did his wife get an envelope? However, we don't know what was in those envelopes, but everybody that got them didn't look very happy. Why maybe a ploy to make them think that Pence is working for them. Oh, so that, that could also be, but we also had, um, uh, uh, Lynn Wood coming out on telegram months and months ago what is saying said that's come true that's very true he was very much on our side for a while and it seems like he kind of just faded off in the dust he was just making wild claims 
and some of those wild claims. Linwood is a, he's an attorney who is a defamation attorney. Yeah. Who, who is come out with all kinds of claims such as Mike Pence is murdering and raping children Mm -hmm. and his wife is a part of it. What do you think about Linwood James? Because he's, I know that a lot of people have been questioning a lot of stuff that he's shared recently from questionable sources. Um, like he's I shared think, like Charlie Ward's type stuff. I think we need to take Lynn Wood off of the uh, the um, so T-shirt off the Grand Theft Auto T-shirt. Lynn Wood's not on the Grand Theft Auto T-shirt. It's Mike Lindell. It's Lindell, Flynn, and Donnie. Lynn you're right. I, I did leave him out, didn't I? Yeah. Um, My bad. No, you're good. Um, like I said, I I don't pass judgment on anybody because part of me thinks that it's part of the story. Maybe it is to, to keep people off to, to keep the, the, the deep state on like, Oh, Pence is one of us. Pence is one of us. But at the same time, Lynn Wood could be the sleeper. I have no idea. Like you look at people like general Milley, for example, general Milley has been in the military for decades. He's been around for a long time. Now, all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere, this guy is talking about white rage and, critical race theory nonsense and about transgender in the military, like all this wild man stuff out of nowhere. Like if he was like this for a few years prior to this, it'd be understandable. It's literally out of nowhere. He's talking about this stuff. And part of me thinks that he's doing this to show how ridiculous this whole entire thing is like the, the highest ranking general is now talking about white rage and, and transgenderism. So with Lynn Wood, I have I, I couldn't tell you. Do do I trust everything that comes out of his mouth? Absolutely not. I do not trust everything that comes out of his mouth. Uh, does he have some some good points sometimes? Absolutely. Do I know what side he's on? No. And I'm not going to sit here and say I do because if I did, I'd be lying to you. And we just have to let the chips. You know, like I said, what makes a good movie is good actors. True. Everybody and has I a think- role. Sydney Everybody Powell's has in there too. I'm not really sure Everybody. how I feel about her anymore because who? Of- Sydney Powell. No, but I, 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 again, Sydney Powell has a role in the story. General Flynn has a role in the story. Like what, what, what keeps me feeling good about Lynn Wood and Sydney Powell is their close relationship with General Flynn and their involvement with General Flynn. And part of me thinks that Lynn, you know, what if General Flynn was like, yo, Go out there and make everybody think that Mike Pence is a piece of shit and he's evil Satanist and go out there and, and, and broadcast that. Everybody's going to listen to Linwood because we, we, we feel like he's got credibility. But meanwhile, he's spewing this nonsense just to spin the narrative like propaganda works both ways. The good guys use propaganda just like the bad guys do. They just have different purposes for the outcome. Um, people don't realize that like the, the, the White Hats are, are pushing propaganda out all of the time. It's just not as easily recognizable as the 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 deep state's propaganda because it's so in your face. Absolutely, uh, we're coming up on time pretty quick here because I know you, Joanne, you got to get ready for your rally and everything. Um, but yes. Jason, Jason, we haven't let you talk at all, and I know you probably got a hundred questions. So please, I asked ask. my no, I asked my questions. I, okay, I, we're I good. Really did. Yeah, um, yeah. Joanne, final experience. I wanted to ask you, James, because 
Uh, so, James, you've mentioned a few times. Sorry, maybe I'll just. No, That's you're okay. okay. <laughs> we give you a minute. Got little ones, totally fine. That's real life at its finest. Yeah. Yeah, I've got little ones. Um, so they usually start to get a bit antsy, like in the second hour of these podcasts <laughs> we do once a week. Um, so James, like you've mentioned a few times on your show that you had this experience uh, where you had a conversation with with two people, like in two days, and it was something. It was so, something to do with the with spirituality, and I'm just yes. really interested. So we. You, uh, we had one of those people on the show a couple of weeks ago that we spoke to. Uh, oh, President. okay. I must have missed that one. Yeah. President-elect Sully. He was one of the people that, that I had spoke to. Um, and we went into detail and he, he explained the story much better. So I would definitely okay and check that out. I'll have to go back and check that out. It must've been one of the only episodes I've missed recently. Oh, you're so much best. going on. We, yeah. No, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. No, uh, President-elect Sully, he's the man. He's, he's such a good dude. He's so informative. Okay. Um, but I was picking up, uh, so my in-laws were moving in to town and I was, they were getting one of their cars shipped down. So I was meeting the guy who was delivering the car at their new house and he dropped off the car. And after he dropped it off, I sat and had this conversation with this guy for a little over two hours. Like we sat and talked in the driveway in the, the last Vegas, Vegas sun in the middle of the summer, like in July or August, like just <laughs> Just baking two degrees. Well, yeah, no, probably like 115. Probably like 115. Yeah, I think I think the climate, like where you guys are, is very similar to here in Perth. In the summertime, it's brutal. Yeah, but we don't have crazy bugs like you guys do in Australia. <laughs> I'll pass on that. Um, so we sat there for like two hours, and you know, we started talking about all different types of things. And he, you know, something got brought up, and he's like, "Oh, are you a Trump guy?" I'm like, "Oh, absolutely, dude." And we, you know, started talking and. One thing led to another. We started talking about, you know, all these things that are happening. For example, he's like, um, you know, I, I have this theory that might be going on. Would you would you like to hear it? And I was like, yeah, for sure. He's like, what is the media talking about heavy lately? Like, what have they what is something that they've been talking about that previously they thought they, they would never talk about? They would always deny, deny, deny. And I was like, oh, aliens. Like, that's that's what it is. They're, they've been talking about aliens like crazy um, on the media, on mainstream media, about how they're real and how they have all these technology and things like that. And he went into the theory of what he thought was going to happen with the aliens and how they were going to use the aliens to explain what was really going on. In reality, it wasn't really aliens. Um, you know, it was uh, basically the rapture where uh God's people are called back up to heaven. And if you watch President Alex Sully talk I'll about it, I'll have to check it out because it's something that I've been looking into for years and years because I see these things in the sky all the time. So, so we had this conversation and it, it, it got very spirit to the point where, like, at the end of the conversation, I hugged this guy. Like, I gave him a, a hug. Wow. He's, from, he's from a communist, grew up in co communist Romania. Um, ah, and, yeah, yeah. We, we have a lady who comes to these rallies um, who also escaped communist Romania and the stories and, that she tells is just insane. Like, yeah, he says what they're doing now in our country uh, makes what communist Romania d did look like child's play. Like it's so much worse here in yeah. America in 2021 than it was in the height of communist Romania. And his father was a doctor and he wasn't part of the communist party, a wealthy doctor that wasn't a part of the communist party. They were Christians. And uh, Christians were persecuted big time in Romania at the time. 
And his father wanted to get them out of the country because he saw the writing on the wall what was happening to Christians. Um, so they had to call in the U.S. ambassador to get them out. And they left. They were wealthy in Romania and they had to leave all of their wealth behind. And if they were caught with even a penny like up their ass, they had to get he was seven years old. He got strip searched at seven years old. Um, and this is a thing they, people don't realize is Christ, Christians are actually the most persecuted group mm-hmm. of people right now in the, on the planet. So where it gets so so then he tells me the story. He's like, uh, we were talking about, I forget the conversation we were having, but he said his brother had died twice. And I was like, wait, what? Like your brother died twice? What does that mean? So he proceeded to tell me the story. He's like, so when my brother was four years old before I was born, um, he fell down the stairs and died, falling down the stairs, like broke his neck or something. And his parents brought him into the hospital, and the hospital's like, yo, get this kid out of here because if they get a death in the hospital, they get in trouble because it's communist Romania. He's like, we're not taking credit for this death. Like, take this child to the morgue. He's dead. Like, get him out of here. We're not treating this child. So the mother's like, no, I'm not taking him to the morgue. Like, he, I refuse. So they take him to the house. Um, and the mother is beside herself, freaking out. And his father was just praying the entire time and having conversations with God. And um, he was like, like, please, God, can you give me my son back? And God responded. He was like, I can, I can do that. I can give you your son back, but I can't, I can't guarantee his salvation. If I do that, if I, if I give you, give his life back, I can ne- no longer guarantee his salvation. Um, and the father's sitting there talking and the wife's screaming, like, if you take my son, I'm, you're going to have to bury me with you. So he's like, I can't lose both of them. Like, I cannot do this. So like, give me my son back. So the, Three days after the son was dead, wakes up in the bed. The mother takes the son to the hospital and the, the doctors thought they thought they saw a ghost. Like they freaked out. They thought they saw a ghost. And his brother ended up dying in the mid 90s um, from an overdose and lived a life of drugs and addiction and crime his whole entire life. And he's like, do I think my brother went to heaven? Probably not. He probably wasn't saved. He lived a pretty shitty life. He wasn't a good person. But if my father had let him die the first time, he'd be fine. So then the very that's, next day. That's wild, hey? Yeah, wild, wild. The very next day, President-elect Sully hits me up. And I I had, you know, we had commented on a couple of, of our, our memes and, and conversations that we had, but we never really had a real conversation. It was like like or laugh reacts or emojis, things like that. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, he started, we started talking about things. He's like, we started talking about, you know, things that are going on. He's like, I have a theory about what's going on. And he proceeds to tell me the same exact theory that this gentleman, Alan from Romania, had told. literally the same exact theory that this gentleman had said. And um, one of the conversations got brought up. I was like, yeah, this is this is wild because I was always very anti-religion because of my Catholic school upbringing. Like I went to Catholic school and it really turned me off from religion. Yeah, I'm I sorry had, about that. And uh, I went away from God for a long time. And, you know, one of my biggest regrets in my life is, is telling my grandmother, devout, you know, off the boat Italian uh, Catholic that I didn't believe in God. Like I, I, it bothers me to this day. I bet. Um, so I uh, had said to him this and he's like, he's like, bro, I was the same way too. He's like, I, you know, lived a life of sin. I did all these, these crazy things. And then I had this serious accident where I should have been dead. He's like, I got jumped and someone hit me over the head with a baseball bat. And I was a vegetable in the hospital bed. And I should have, I, I should have been dead. And 
uh, one day I literally woke up from being a vegetable and I walked out of the hospital on my own. Like it was a, the doctor, it was a miracle that I even survived, let alone walked out on my own. And he's like a week later I did it. And he's like, I, you know, I had a vision that I had a conversation with God and I got sent right back on earth. He's like, it was like my body, my, my body was sucking myself right back into itself. He said, um, and he explains it in detail on the show and much better than I did. Um, but the fact that I had these two conversations with two separate people who I've never really spoken with or, or met in my entire life. And they were the exact same conversation. Like I have, I have chills right now, just talking about it and thinking about it. It was so powerful. And both times I just was overwhelmed with emotion. I just sat in my chair, just reflecting. It was just truly unbelievable. Um, and if you haven't listened to that episode, I, I highly recommend it because Sully is way better at explaining it than I am. Um, because, uh, it's it's truly unbelievable and um god is definitely great and and very real and it's not my expertise and not something that i'm always the most comfortable speaking on because i'm you know just recently over the past couple years rebuilding my relationship with god um you know it was for many years i had no hope i had i felt like this country was going to go to go to shit we were screwed i literally told my father that i was going to move to costa rica when they start bringing fema camps like what we're what we're experiencing right now and right. uh but there I, you can't go anywhere right now so no but like that yeah. like that was at a young 19 years old like i was like yo i'm getting the fuck out of here like i really thought there was no hope and we were screwed yeah and i was and, super blackpilled like um mm-hmm. when the scandemic started like because i'd known about all this stuff for years like agenda 21 like yourself like yep. this is what i really love about your podcast is i you know, when you ask guests what their red pill journey is like, like I have so many, there's so many synchronicities with everyone's story, you know, everyone's sort of been through very similar um, path, so to speak. So when this started happening and I saw people just go along with it, I was, it was really depressing. Um, So yeah, like just coming back to some sort of spiritual reality has been, I think the most grounding thing Mm -hmm. through all of this, because you can't, you know, you can't rely on humans. Well, for me, it, it, it came down to the fact that the people that were exposing and uh, were fighting against are pure evil, 100% yeah. pure evil. And when I realized that these people worship Satan and they worship the devil, they truly believe. They this. definitely and do. They yeah. Truly believe in the energy. And it made me realize I was like, you know what, if they truly, truly believe this stuff, like I'm a big believer. They have information, especially in the Vatican and all other all other places that we do not have access to. They know things that we do not know about spirituality, about about human beings and what we're capable of um, uh, that we do not know. And if they truly believe in Satan and this evil entity, then there has to be a God. There has There's to be always a yin to the yang. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and to uh, bring it home, um, Q said, you're not going to believe who is talking to you right now. So that's got to be somebody pretty big. Sully Sully thinks it might be the Archangel Gabriel, the messenger angel. And that might be pretty amazing because he's always been the messenger. So yeah, you should definitely check it out. He, it was unbelievable. Very powerful. I'm going to listen to that episode as soon as I can, but I'm going to have to cruise guys because I've got to go and get ready to go out to this rally. Stay safe and and crush it. Yeah, we'll we'll set some up. We got to have you on the show. 
Yeah, sure. I think I'll be your first Aussie, right? Yeah, I want to. We, we want to talk talk to somebody because we have a lot of Australian listeners, so we want to get yeah. somebody on to. to, to and talk I think about Matt, really I listened to your episode last night with Matt. He also mentioned us, Smoke and Joe. He'd be a good guest yeah. as well for sure. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, awesome, you, guys. Joe. Well, um, it's been great. But Joanne, be safe going. out there. Please yeah, stick close safe. to your bodyguards. Will do. Yeah, so we yeah, have like, um, they're, they're, they're called the peacemakers. So they're kind of like the oath keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be there to try and make sure no shenanigans go down. But, you know, the police are actually on our side over here. We're pretty lucky. So the, we've had, you know, they've had meetings with the police. Um, least, and they're not, they're not keen on these instigators. On this side of Australia, it's different yet. Yeah, anyway, guys, it was great chatting. Definitely be safe out there. Thank you. Bye. Talk later. And on that note, James, man, thank you so much for joining us and blessing us. Please plug everything. Oh, I forgot to uh, mention our sponsor, uh, number one topical in the... No, I'm joking. We don't have any sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) Kush Creams. (laughs) 21 time cannabis cup award winning. Kushcreams.com. Code WPRUSA for 15% off. Well, Uh, speaking of WPRUSA.com, yeah, uh, check us out uh, at our website, WPRUSA.com. Uh, all of our podcasts are up there. We're going to start bringing up some new content there as well. Hopefully, get some blogs going, things like that. But uh, if you want to support us and help us out, uh, pick up some sweet merch. Uh, our artist is none other than the one and only Catalyst Jones. Um, so thank you to my man Catalyst because we wouldn't have our sweet designs if it wasn't for you. He's insanely talented. Uh, we're so thankful to have him part of the We The People team. But if you want to help us out and support us, go pick up some merch. You become a walking meme. It's a great conversation start. It's a great way uh, to show the people that you're with what side of history you're on. Um, so absolutely, go check it absolutely. out. Absolutely, our podcast is on Rumble, Apple, Google, Podbean. It's not on YouTube or Spotify. Those bastards took us off. You know, what's funny is Apple took us off, but we're still on Spotify. So like flip flop. That's, that's wild. That's um, that's wild. Before we jump off here real quick, I would like to say that um, our buddy Seth from Venice Beach Dub Club, you might know him from Talkie Time, just came out with a song today. It dropped today. It is number one in the reggae charts. It hit number one on opening day, and yours truly did make the album cover for it. I'm very excited. It's like a proud day for me, a proud moment. And uh, please go download that song. It's called Fundemic. It's Venice Beach Dub Club featuring Anomaly. And um, it's just a fun song, man, because there's a lot of bad things happening in this world. So you might as well take a couple minutes and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, UBDC's good people. Jason. Definitely. Yes, sir. Jason Khan, I love you, brother. And thank you for joining us. I know that you were just getting your mind blown the whole time and you weren't able to speak too much. But uh, I, I hope you had a, a good session of school today. I did. I asked the questions that I needed to. You awesome, know, man. And, uh, it was great meeting you and nice listening. I like yeah. being a sponge when I can. You know, absolutely. Most, if you have, most have any que- have any questions at any, any time, just let me know. I'll gladly answer what I can. Um, For sure. You know, I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything, but I know you spend a lot of time. <laughs> I do spend a lot of time researching. So, uh, sure. uh, <laughs> yes, I appreciate you, you guys having me on. I really do. It was a lot of fun.
Thanks for Absolutely. coming. Yeah. Hey, thank you everybody for listening. This has been another episode of White Rabbit and keep digging down those rabbit holes. Remember this, dig, dig, dig. nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. Following your convictions means you must be willing to face criticism from those who lack the same courage to do what is right. And they know what is right but they don't have the courage or the guts or the stamina to take it and to do it. It's called the road less traveled. What imprint will you leave in the sands of history. What will future Americans say we did in our brief time right here on Earth? is 100% committed to eradicating human trafficking from the earth. This form of modern-day slavery here in the United States and all around the world. We are dismantling the criminal organizations that make large-scale human trafficking possible. We will not rest until we've stopped every last human trafficker and liberated every last survivor. replacing a failed and corrupt political establishment with a new government controlled by you, the American people. There is nothing the political establishment will not do, no lie that they won't tell, to hold their prestige and power at your expense. The Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exists for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself.
too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. Whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. There should be no fear. We are protected, and we will be protected by God. Did we challenge accepted wisdom and take on established systems? I think I did, but we all did, and we're all doing it. Or did we just go along with convention, swim downstream so easily with the current, and just give in because it was the easy way, it was the traditional way, or it was the accepted way. I know that each of you will be a warrior for the truth, will be a warrior for our country and for your family. And as long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come. I can promise you that.